This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown Body Shop, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin, is here to serve Murray and Williamson County. We have over 50 years of business with all the experience combined. All insurance claims, as well as unibody and frame repairs and glass claims are welcomed. Call today for selected insurance companies, 931-381-4915 Columbia, and Franklin, 615-794-1959. Or check us out at www.brownsbodyshop.com. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Bar Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm gonna give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. As I welcome you to another edition of your Basilio show. Where do you, I mean, where do you even start today? You know? Where, where, do, you, where do you even want to start? Um, hey, Bean, are we any good? Happy Monday to you, Bean Star. Was that any good this weekend? The Hoops Falls, the uh, the NCAA defeat. Adam Sparks has a great piece on where we're going to go from here, where the NCAA is going to go from here, which trying to predict what they're going to do. I mean, you know, good luck, good luck to you. It's like trying to figure out what the weather's going to be like here Wednesday. Good, good luck to you on that. Uh... Buenos dias to you, Beanstar. Hello, Tony B. Yeah, it was just about a perfect weekend. We're back to uh, we're back to happy days are here again. So uh, we'll see what looms ahead. I know a, a four game gauntlet looms ahead for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, as predicted. That A and M bunch for about sixteen minutes looked like they were going to make that thing a game. But we've got some other things I want to talk about today on the heels of the weekend. Obviously, the Filipowski kid getting hurt at Duke. And, you know, my first inclination on that, and I want to ask the living listener about this. My first inclination on that was to poo-poo it because it involved Duke and the pearl clutching and the this and the that. And yet, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine today who's been in sports for a long time and i've invited maury hanks to come on at noon today and talk about this because he organized events and it's been around the sport his whole life one of the great things about basketball is that we can see these people it's an intimate sport there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of um, um equipment that they have on uh it's always lent itself to people the fans getting up close and personal, and like we talked about last week, the thing with uh, Eli Drinkowitz and 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 ZZ Stop that happened there, where they exchange words, and um, you know the Spike Lees of the world getting in the faces of people in New York City, and the Jack Nicholsons down through the years, and the Jet Setters in L.A. and this, that, and the other. The court storming thing. Uh, see how I put this, because I've stormed courts before as a kid, but I didn't have a phone in my hand. I wasn't showing off. I wasn't trying to uh, achieve uh, clout online. It seems like in that era, we've added a main character syndrome to our society, 
where everybody wants to document their life and be the main character, it seems like when we have people running on floors now, there's a toxic stew uh, potential with that. And in the last couple of weeks, we've seen some stars get knocked over. Caitlin Clark got knocked down, knocked down after a game recently, which shows you the power of her that somebody would actually storm the court after a women's Iowa basketball game. But that's okay. That happened. And then the Filipowski guy over the weekend, that happened. So, and he got hurt. So, uh, Bino, where are you on the court storming? Because that's one of the things I'm going to get into today. Well, I, I, I wished it didn't occur, Tony. Um, and and I, I, I felt like that was a situation where uh, – uh, a player got caught up in, in a mob situation. There was very little he could do about it. Um, and as you said, you know, it's, it's one thing on the football field where the players themselves are better prepared for it than the kids rushing the court, uh, yep. a basketball game with, when you got no pads on, uh, it, it's, a, it's a dangerous situation. I, I don't know what you do about it. Uh, I think uh, court stormings used to be more spontaneous than they are now. I think now they're just about planned events. Um, but I, I, I don't know what you do about it. But I hate that it sold what was a really good win uh, for Forbes at Wake Forest, the best win he's had there. Oh, no question. And, uh, you know, John, Johnny Bahama, Curry. I mean, the other night, the A&M coach – was on his best behavior, you know. He only touched the court probably 20 times the other night, which for him is a great. And generally, he's on the floor as a sixth man. You know, it's like a power play. Uh, but he yeah, only he touched didn't defend the floor. any. He snowbirded a couple of times, but he, yep. leastwise, he didn't defend anybody this time. We have a we had some fans that called the show after the game on Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime. We went a couple hours Saturday after the game and. They, they were like, "Hey, man, we were all over this guy. You know, we were we were all over this dude uh, from pillar to post." But he came out bracketed by a couple of uh, support personnel, or, or no, by troopers. He came out bracketed by some troopers, as if Bino he was over at Wake Forest. I mean, what are our was our crowd going to run onto the floor before a game? I mean, I know we have some alleged heat with the guy, but geez, man. Butch Jones at Oak Ridge High School's gym. Matt Dixon said it looked like, compared to the way he's behaved in the past, it looks like he got into some of that Jeremy Pruitt stash that Jeremy Pruitt took before that Georgia State game, which is a incredible line. Not a good line, an incredible line from Dixon. Dixon went also also went on to congratulate me in the victory uh, for Kentucky, since I'm now a Volcat over the weekend over <laughs> Alabama. So Dixon was uh, Dixon was in his own unique headspace the other night after the game. He's got a full Tennessee baseball report for us. One thing's for sure sure about that baseball team being. You know, I'm not sure how they're gonna work the pitching out it looks like they have enough that they'll make it work but boy they they got some guys that can really really hit the baseball 
And this young shortstop that got hit in the head yesterday, and and it looks like he's going to be okay from people I talk to, uh, which is a scary deal. But this young shortstop looks like a revelation, Beanstar. They, they're so deep, they weren't even counting on him. They were counting on Antigua in the West Indies. This kid can hit the baseball, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he, he can, Tony. And I, I'm uh, what what really what really has has um, impressed me early is is the way they field it, and they look like they've got options, especially when Antigua gets back, both in the infield and the outfield. Uh, defensively, even, and that's something we didn't have last year. And, you know, you can you can watch a series against Albany and and how you hit and how you pitch, and you can wonder how does that translate to when we start playing uh, SEC opponents. But generally, if you can pick it against Albany, you're going to pick it against Florida. So I, I'm I'm really impressed with that and uh, and encouraged by it. So you know, the craziest thing about this whole deal is that um, he just continues to find guys, and it's just kind of understood. And I mean, it's like it, it's almost like we're watching. I don't know. It, it's it's like that guy's just at the top of the sport right now, Tony Valls. Everything they do turns to gold, Bino. Everything. Yeah, he's 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 pretty special, Tony, and I don't, I don't think a long tenure here is going to change that. I I think that he's I believe he's a generational uh, program building coach. Any other thoughts, Beanstar, off the weekend that you'd care to touch on here, and then we'll get our first time out in and get some people on at at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Well, I was. Uh, I wasn't surprised at all by the outcome of the Texas A&M game. I, uh, I just felt like they were in a tree against us down there, especially shooting the basketball, and, and they, they bullied us. And I felt like they openly enjoyed it a little bit too much as it was occurring. And I just thought that they would come up here and revert to their old shooting habits and get their eyes beat shut. And that's exactly what happened. I don't know why I dislike A&M's basketball team so much, but I do. I think it goes all the way back to that dang space ace or whoever that clown was in the Conzo era that hit about five threes all year, and two of them were buzzer beaters to beat us that year. They always seem against us to do a little something that they're generally incapable of doing. That's what happened down there the first game, and – the results here were what the results were. And the other thing, on the court storming, Bean, I want to go back to that because that's, that's a real touch point today. And then also, the Tennessee, the NCAA case, the ball's now in the NCAA's court. Adam Sparks over at the New Sentinel, who's done an unbelievable job of covering this story since it first came about, oh, I don't know, a month or so ago. Um, Adam Sparks has done terrific reporting on it. Today he asks, is the NCAA going to let go? Are they now going to press Tennessee on those flights that Nico talk and, you know, play uh, the optics game? in Because the pr- they do have a sympathetic press. 
to some extent, which is weird. But the 40s and those people really do believe in the NCAA. It's a really strange relation. Plus, a lot of those guys, how do I put this, have been so inflamed by our twittiots that they want to see Tennessee put down. Um, So... It's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA decides to do. Adam says, you know, look, if the NCAA decides to, yes, this is a huge victory for the Vols. But if the NCAA decides to, they're going to be able to push this thing. I mean, just last week, you saw the NCAA, in the midst of this NIL era, issue some edict that you can't decorate hotel rooms anymore. And that they're worried about for for uh, recruits are visiting, and they're worried about snacks being provided, free snacks being. That is 1987 NCAA stuff right there. Not 2024. That is pre NIL, pre Glasnost, Soviet Russia, NCAA Iron Curtain, Walter Byers stuff right there. Not 2024. And so they remain sort of a nebulous mess, an unpredictable mess. One thing we know, and I think the judge in this case, as I wrote today on the, on the blog, one of our people that we were following legally who was helping us, because uh, had a pretty good working knowledge of this deal. I don't want to get too far into that, but one of the people following the deal told me, Tony, the judge just decided, you know what, I'm not putting my hands, I, I'm I'm not signing my name, even though really the states of Tennessee and Virginia at this point didn't really make their case, I'm just not signing up for that, I'm just not going for it, I, I'm, I'm not going to be the one, I'm just not, I refuse to be somebody that just puts my name on this. So, they got slapped down over the weekend, part of a Friday news dump, late Friday afternoon, and Tennessee's now free to move about the cabin, unless the NCAA decides they really want to be Tom Petty, and they really want to go after them on other grounds. The flights, the this, the that, and we've seen it. They, they can major in the minors. It's kind of interesting, Bino, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Tony. I would recommend Adam's uh, report, and he lays out about four or five options, and only one of them, only one of the four or five is something that uh, Tennessee just couldn't absorb at all. Um, uh, you know, I, I, they they are as unpredictable as they can be, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think the judge's uh, language about a third entity takes away anything that they could do from a major standpoint because you can't you can't even go back and say well this this collective group is a booster because he lopped them all in together as a third entity that could provide whatever they needed to provide uh for a young man so my, my guess is that the ncaa will do one t- they'll either go back and regroup and forget all of the stuff that happens before there's some guidelines that are established, or they'll come back with some 
minor stuff that uh, Tennessee might be willing to swallow. And then the next rail is this. This is our third talking point today. So you got the NCAA stuff, court storming. If you want to talk about the basketball balls over the weekend, fine. Because this team is poised to go. This team, you could make the case right now, we wake up in Knoxville, they're the best team in America. You can make the case. And people aren't going to argue with you. They're as dangerous as anybody in March. Is Rick Barnes overrated or underrated? We come back, Bean, I'm going to give you a crack at that. Is Rick Barnes overrated or underrated? 800 career wins. He, the other day, recorded now the third most 30-point victories in SEC basketball, trailing only Billy Donovan and Rick Pitino, two guys who had absolute juggernaut programs, two guys who were two of the best hires in the modern era of sport, right up there with Nick Saban and Steve Spurrier, modern SEC sport, two of the best hires, those two guys. So when we come back, the question is, Rick Barnes, overrated or underrated? I want to hear from Bino and Brian on that. We'll get to the phones at 865-200-5402. Court storming, yes or no? We continue on the other side. It is the Monday, the Monday edition Adam Sparks will join us in hour two, as will Mari Hanks. And I'm going to ask him about Barnsey, overrated, underrated. Rick Barnes remains, for some reason, a polarizing figure in our fan base. Look, I was wrong about him early on. I can be wrong. You can be wrong. But it's another thing to stay wrong. People that stay wrong... Are people that become obstinate. I don't want to be obstinate. I always want to be somebody who will live my life with an open mind and with an opinion that can change if the facts in front of me change. I want to live with a supple mind as a supple leopard. As we continue with that's the supple leopard. My son's reading that book right now. As we, those of you that are real into fitness, as we continue on the other side, it is your Basilio show. And by the way, Rick Patino is uh, making news today. We will share that with you. He remains a fake, a fraud, and a phony Bayoni. As we continue, not to be confused with Amanda Bayonis on CBS, but he is a phony Bayoni. As we continue on the other side after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert. 
Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. 
Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Columbia's own 8th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Triple Header returns on April 2nd at the Ridley Sports Complex. Columbia Central versus Spring Hill at 10 a.m. Then it's Columbia State versus UT Southern at 1.30. And at 5.30, the Lady Volunteers face off against the Memphis Tigers. Tickets are available online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Tickets are $10 and good for all three games. The Mid-State Classic, April 2nd. See you at the game. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So, to be back with you, 865-200-5402 on a Monday. Brian Hartman's in your Ramier studio. I'm in the adjacency uh, here. We're, uh, we're just kind of working out the kinks for later this week, and he's getting some seat time, so... We're doing our thing. I'm gonna be in spring training later in the week. I, I I'll be missing the uh, Alabama game, which I, you know, kind of the way the schedule fell. But I'm gonna get me a break for the main event coming down the stretch here. We got some all kinds of stuff planned: some watch parties, some crazy things. I'll be letting you in on it. But uh, as we wind our way toward the SEC baseball schedule in the spring, and I think it's gonna be a fruitful spring around here. I think it's time to hang some banners. I think it's time to get another Elite Eight, at least, out of this program. Saturday night, Rick Barnes picked up win number 800. He did it in the greatest of He did it in a blowout game. Blowing out a team that he obviously, there's no love loss there between him and Texas A&M. Uh, the plaudits come in from all over the country. Bino, the question for you is this. Is Rick Barnes overrated or underrated, Bino, when you look so, at him and his body of work? It's a really good and really difficult question, Tony, because he's a he's a fantastic regular season coach who has a long, a huge yet underwhelming postseason resume. Uh, if you force me to say one or the other, I'll say that he's underrated because he's won 800 games, and yet there are those that think he would be pretty easily replaceable. Say that one more time, because I think it's I think it bears repeating. Because it's and all people think about the words Bino saying here. Go ahead. I said he's won 800 games, and yet there are those that think he would be pretty easily replaceable. That's a spitting definition, Bino, of underrated. Right. Well, to me, it is yes. I'm sure there will be those that argue, and it's understandable that this is a postseason sport, and he hasn't been at his best there. Brian Hartman, overrated or underrated? Rick Barnes, underappreciated and underrated, because you could do an awful lot worse. We've seen it. Hopefully, never see that again. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't know. I've been saying this for some time. People think it's a radio bet. 
Um, I don't understand how a Tennessee fan that's done, that's walked where they've walked for as long as they've walked, cannot appreciate this guy. Now, is he warm and fuzzy toward the fans? Not really. Is he one of these guys, oh, I'm going to invite you to the thing and do all the carnival barking that goes with the sport? Me and the late great Keith Hatfield used to argue about it. I used to say if you want to fill your arena, you got to have one of those guys, but he's, he's even proved me wrong in that. He just sort of coaches basketball. That's what he does. So, Brian, you say underrated and underappreciated, and the reason why is, one more time, because they could do an awful lot worse, and they've done an awful lot worse. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyone other than Bruce Pearl or Rick Barnes has been rather questionable. Uh-huh. 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 It's a great, great, great point, Brian. Bina, what do you think it is about Barnes that makes him lightning rodish? Even though he's third all-time now in 30-point victory margin basketball games, blowout games, just hammers people, Bino. Play a pretty good style of ball. Play, a, for the most part, a pretty fun style of play. Play hard. Represent uh, the university with class and well and doesn't cut corners from that perspective, from the character perspective. I mean, look, unlike the Bruce Pearl, and I'm not ripping BP and the, and the job those guys did, but they had some police blotter activity in their day. This guy doesn't have that. What do you think it is, Bino, about him that makes him so lightning rodish? Uh, I, I think that people believe that he doesn't cherish the opportunity at this university mm, mm. Uh, the way that Bruce Pearl did. Mm. Um, uh, as you know, defined by his flirtation with UCLA, mm. um, and that he doesn't. Uh, I mean, he <laughs> he doesn't love orange like uh, a lot of us do. Um, <clears throat> and you put that together with the the fact that he hasn't. Uh, been the best in the postseason. He's been as good as anyone we've had, mm-hmm. uh, but he he hasn't been he hasn't been as good in the postseason as some people would like, based on what they see from his teams in the regular season. But I I think most of it is I, I just I I think there's a thought out there that he doesn't appreciate this opportunity the way he should. That it, it, he looks at it more as a job and and. You know, that's another thing Keith and I used to argue about. He said that didn't matter, and he's probably right. But Tennessee fans want you to love this place the way that they love it. And if they get any inkling that you don't, uh, then (laughs) they're going to be a little bit cold toward you. Yeah, and I do think there's a piece of that. um, There's a piece of that, that UCLA thing. That still doesn't sit well with people. And I think there are people who have been cheering against him basically ever since. You know? Yeah. Which is really silly because at the end of the day, you're cheering against 
yourself if you're doing that. Uh, I don't understand the concept of biting off your own nose to spite your face. Look, if you want to, if you want to, at the end of the former era, cheer for a loss or whatever to get him out because you feel like, hey, we need to get this guy out of here. I got that. If you want to, at the end of the Pruitt era, cheer for Don Day Plowman to go full nuclear on him, I think we got that. What is it about this guy, though, that makes him so, so polarizing? So polarizing. This guy has won 800 games. He's taken Tennessee. Brian, in his tenure... This is year nine, right? Is that what we're in with Rick Barnes? Is this year nine? I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. How? And Arnsro pointed this out today. Great hire by Dave Hart. Dave Hart did not do much well when he was here. He was kind of a goofy buffoon, sort of know-it-all, kind of a goofy guy. Uh, had a war on women that was really stupid and unforced and... Just, I mean, God bless Dave Hart, but what a maroon that guy was. Well, we we talked about it, Tony. We got pretty much across across the board in men's sports. It's probably as good as it's ever been in my lifetime, or or since at least since I first started following them in the mid '60s. It's as good across the board, and a different athletic director hired every one of the coaches. Isn't that amazing? Even Bahama John. Bahama John found Tony Falls. And the thing about all these guys is, the longer your tenure goes, the more people can poke at you. Because then they have a profile. Like Tony Falls, people say, well, you know, he gets to Omaha, but does he win there? Does he win? <laughs> you Seriously, Bino, you know that's going to happen in a couple years. If he doesn't get yeah. out and win one soon, if he doesn't get out and win one soon, hey, listen, listen. I'm almost going to tell you something. Barnes, from a lot of the things that Bino said, is not my cup of tea. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, Rick Barnes does not make me feel warm and fuzzy, being my basketball coach, the way Vitalo does. And I am, and the way Hypel does. Hypel has this thing about him. Bino, let's just park here for a second. Where he, you know, he completely appreciates the opportunity and the way he has been adopted by folks here. And Barnes is just kind of this curmudgeon sort from that perspective. You're not going to get the warm and fuzzies from him. He's not going to tell you that, you know, orange is the most important thing in the world. He hardly wears any. Like you said, it just kind of is what it is. But is that going to – I mean – do I want a model or do I want a basketball coach? Do I want a cheerleader or do I want a basketball coach? Yeah. <laughs> so, you're right to point that out. Let's go to the phones. And let's get the Hoosier Vol in here first because I'm asking the question right now. Is Rick Barnes overrated or underrated in light of the weekend? Tennessee's on track for a one seed. Tennessee's poised to do big things. Tennessee is right there. He's got the balls at the top of the sport. And yet, and yet, you still have people out there grading on the curve. Who's your ball? Welcome in. 
Hey, what's going on, Tom? Hey, brother. How you doing? Doing good. I. This might sound like a weird way to answer the question, but I'm going to say he's both underrated and overrated, which makes him properly rated, because I don't know why people think he's anything other than what he is. Anyone who follows the sport and objectively looks at him, he is a phenomenal regular season coach that is uniquely snake bit or um, not particularly at his best in the tournament. And if you look at him like that, then he's properly rated. Uh, you know, these barnstormers that are always so furious with him, unless they're just doing it to be upset, treat him like he's Coach K or John Wooden. So if, if to them, I'd say they are greatly overrating Coach Barnes. I just don't understand what people expect from him. Dino, what about that perspective? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really solid perspective. Uh, I think I think Ryan cheated the game a little bit because I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the way that I would have answered it if I thought the rules allowed it. Well, let's let's put Rick Barnes in this perspective. I think he's overrated with an asterisk. He is overrated in the sense that. And this is true of all these coaches. It's unbelievable to me when you follow the history of college basketball. You know Bobby Knight quit coaching at Indiana when he got fired? Now, he always looked kind of old because he was surly and had white hair. I think he was in his early 60s. And he -hmm. quit coaching in his Mm mid-60s. Barnes and Cal and everyone is coaching so much longer. Mm -hmm. So we have like seven coaches currently in college basketball that if they decide to hang around for another year or two are going to get to very rare air and i think that's very inflated because we play more games and these guys coach longer rick barnes is nowhere near the coach of shall we say well he might pass dean smith right i mean that's just silly so i think he is a fantastic coach that is going to make the final four this year and then probably when he does it, people will judge him more fairly, which is Hall of Fame coach, kind of, if he wins a natty like Nolan Richardson kind of type, but not an all-time great. But why would you treat him like an all-time great? These barnstormers treat him like he's Coach K, and they're furious. It doesn't make any sense. They, they, they hold him to that standard, right? But yet, at the same time, I'm looking at this, and the reason we're having this conversation is he's got a team right here. That's yeah. absolutely poised, capable, and is going to deliver. I, I can absolutely feel it in my bones that this team is going to have a long run in the March Madness. Yeah. I you can see it, it coming, happen. Ryan. If it doesn't happen this time, I think you do need to have a, a difficult discussion. But what, what, what kind of difficult discussion? What do you mean? I think more just as a sports psychologist with old Rick like, why are you doing this to yourself, bud? <laughs> Not Tennessee like you could get someone better, more just as a human. I think he would need a psychiatrist at that point. <laughs> mm. But uh, in terms of the NCAA tone, they're, they're, they're not really going to push a flight issue, are they? I mean, never say never, but this has to be it, right? They're going away with Tennessee, surely. Be now. Adam uh, Adam had an interesting piece today. He'll be on in an hour or so. 
And Adam's tone of tenure is, I, or tenor rather, is you just never know with those people. I, I, uh, Ryan, I, I just believe that anything, uh, if, if they try to push anything major from here, uh, it's suicidal. Well, I mean, I was operating under the presumption when I saw the newspaper release that, oh, God, it's over. And, like, I never considered that they would say, I don't care what a judge says, and we're doing this anyway, which is, I thought we were supposed to be the ones flaunting the rules, <laughs> not them. That's right. I mean, come on. That's right. But, but, but and, and see, juxtaposed against the backdrop of that deal, see, this is why this Charlie Baker guy is totally out of touch with what his own organization's doing. This is supposed to be a deft politician, okay? And yeah. this is a guy who is letting his organization put out edicts in while NIL's running amok, while there is a guy driving a $250,000 automobile, the quarterbacks, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, publicly. People can flaunt whatever they want to. I don't care. I, I'm not. This is not class envy. That kid can do whatever he wants to do with his money. I would encourage him to invest it, watching him. He doesn't look like a high-level pro quarterback to me, but whatever. He can do whatever he wants to do. But yeah. the point is that at the same moment that's going on, they're over here picking on Tennessee again for whatever reason, and then they turn around and say, you can't decorate dorm rooms. And you know where that – or uh, hotel rooms. That comes from the other couple hundred member schools of the NCAA. People have to realize this. There are 300 and some odd uh, Division One schools that play basketball. There's another several hundred that are in the one, uh, you know, the one AA ranks, the Division Two, II, Division Three. All sure. those people want to pound the flesh out of the halves. And there was something last week that was said in the fine print that hey, maybe we ought to start going after administrators. When their schools get caught, a little warning to the Danny Whites of the world, to the Don Day Plowmans of the world. See, kind of a qualified immunity thing, of like co- remove the qualified well, immunity. Well, no, mm-hmm. let's prosecute oh. them. Let's oh, take them out of their course. jobs because we're jealous. <laughs> and seriously, if you if you Google that, you'll see it. There, there is a group of haves and have-nots, and there is unbelievable amount of jealousy and rancor uh, in the ranks of the the NCAA the, the the makeup of the body and I don't think I don't think we appreciate that enough well this is I uh, I love college football I don't care that it's becoming triple-a football I think that actually makes it better some people don't like that but I do if they're gonna be this petty and jealous and stupid this is getting dumb and a fanatic like me, if I'm diminished, I can't imagine what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, out the door, Tone, I'm I'm going to go to the uh, um, Vols' first SEC uh, tournament game. You got to, right now I'm trying to, you know, they could be one through four, and you got to pick one which to buy. We go two and oh this week, we're going to be number one, right? Yep. Because if we, if we go one and one, I think you got to buy the second session which is the two and three but yep. do you think that's a fair 
um, prediction that two and zero. Go ahead and buy that first session. Ticket. Brian Hartman's better at this than I am. Brian Hartman, you got your finger on the trigger. You're in control. Hit it. I think they either go one or two. I don't see them dropping below two. Brian, that's not helped him. That's no help, Brian. See, the one and four play at noon um, Central Time, Nashville Time, Friday. Those tickets are real dang expensive. I can't buy two tickets tickets to both and say, well, I'll just sell one. I want to get eight with it. The one and four play at noon. The two and three play at six. Give him an advice, Brian. Take a stand right now. Take a stand if right now. We go two and zero oh by the one. Okay, right? I'll say I think they're going to finish one, and boom, they'll okay. play at one o'clock Eastern on Friday. First go game all in against the go, eight nine. Assuming, assuming all we in. the Alabama one two, the Alabama one two knockout Auburn and Bama this week. Right? Shove your cards right in the middle of the table. Go all in when Brian Hartman says that. And thank and, you. And send the, and if I eat them, send the bill to Brian Hartman. That's what I'm hearing, right? Amen, brother. Thank you. We'll cover it here. We'll see you, Let's get the Pulley Joe in here, who surprisingly would answer the phone on a day like today or pick the phone up and call us, I should say, on a day like today. That's funny. Pulley with a, regu- with a uh, rather rare Monday call to the program. Pulley, Rick Barnes, overrated or underrated? What say you? Overrated times, times 100. Tell me why. Huh? Tell me why. So, my my before before you get going, I've been on hold. I got a question for you, Dixon and Brownie Boy. Uh, Dixon's guys- not here today. Uh, All right, not Brownie here. Boy, uh, Bino, and Tony. I'm sorry. So, guys, if you were in a if you were in a below average marriage, bad marriage. Would you stay in it just because you would think that it eventually could get worse the next one, or would you move on? If I were in the below average one, I would move on. We're not in a below average one. But I'm saying you could you can always say it, it could get worse, so I'm going to stay in this situation. That's not our situation, though, Polly. We're in a good situation. Not a bad, not, not a bad situation. We're in a good situation. Well, okay. Now, now you guys are you guys are college basketball historians, just like me. This situation reminds me. You remember the nineteen eighty nine college basketball season? Remember Michigan beat Seton Hall, PJ Carlissimo. I, I didn't remember that was 89, but I, I remember that season now, yes. It was Ramil, Ramil Robinson hit two free throws. Glenn Rice was a player. Terry Mills. Yes. On Michigan. Yes. Well, remember about three weeks before March Madness, they, Bo Schembechler fired Bill Frieder, the college basketball coach. And he said, we want a Michigan man in here. And no, that's, that's not why he fired Steve. him. No, that's not why he fired him. He fired him because he they took the Arizona. Steve Fisher in, H- hang on. and they went he on fired, a run. He fired him because he took the Arizona State job. Now, let's get real here. He didn't fire and him to said, fire him. And they brought Steve Fisher in, correct? Yeah, but he fired the guy because he took the Arizona State job, which 
today sounds about as ridiculous as humanly possible, but that is what happened back then. That is correct. And they went on a run. That is correct. So, the way you could get me singing to the Phoenix song, Tony. Yep. Maybe, maybe, uh, I mean, maybe if we did that with, I'm even going to call him his real name, with Rick Barnes, is we let him coach into the tournament, and then we just let someone just throw, throw the basketball out and let the kids play, and who knows how many Final Four championships he'd have. Bino, what do you what do you say to people like him? And we do have fans like him that think you'd be better off having a different head coach in March. Who's your Val Ryan called the guy snake bit a second ago? Well, there there are a bunch of guys out there who have been better in March. There's there's no arguing that. It's so ironic, guys, that we're at a school, you know, that demands. 110,000 paying customers wear a color shirt to get in the football games, but we can't demand our $9 million coach to wear orange. That seems like a petty grievance to me, guys. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a big wear your school colors guy, but it's, it's never bothered me whether our coach did or did not. Nah, it seems like a petty grievance to me. Did it bother you after that horrible loss to Purdue, Bino, that he was shopping himself to UCLA? Uh, I wasn't uh, thrilled about that, no. Do you think on Falky's uh, senior day, when he walked off looking for a hug, do you think Bruins would have hugged him if he had that million-dollar check in his hand? Now, see, <laughs> now, those, are, those are some pretty petty grievances there, Pauline. Five million dollars is petty. <laughs> the, you're 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 back to hugging Falky. Remember when Falky was walking out? He was going to give a hug, and Barnes just let him walk right by. I don't remember I that. Mean, no. What, what would have happened? What would have happened if that guy, the center from Florida, when he tried to decapitate decapitate Falky, if Pearl was on that sideline? What would have happened? Again, we're trying to make this guy something he's not. With this list of grievances you got, did you ever think about going working for the NCAA instead of Y-12? <laughs> <laughs> well, Paulie, you've made your point and you're out of here. 865-200-5402. On the other side, court storming or no, Maury Hanks joins I'll ask him about Barnes, the overrated, underrated question, because it is really, when you stop and think about it, it's uh, it's an interesting question. Ryan, Ryan, uh, who's your all Ryan at a really good point, which is people want to project onto this guy, Coach K, Dean Smith. Here, here's the deal, right? Do you realize that Bruce Pearl, since they went to the Final Four at Auburn, because Pearl gets thrown in this guy's face a lot. And you know this guy hates hearing it. This guy's this guy can act like he doesn't hear it. Everybody's human. Everybody's human. And they know what people are saying. Bruce Pearl has been an absolute flame-out in the NCAA tournament since that happened. 
Now, granted, he went to Tennessee's Final Four that year. There's no, there's no, they won that championship the day after we had that incredible victory against Kentucky. Probably one of the top ten most memorable games in school history down there in Nashville in the semifinal. This guy won an SEC championship. It had grown men calling in on our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction crying, crying on the air. I mean, he's brought us some really high highs. He's also brought us some really low lows. The expectations are tremendously high this year. Last week on here, we talked about UConn and how they've been in that Sweet 16 round, the same time period we've been in the Sweet 16 round, seven times. They've been there six. No, we've been there six. They've been there seven in the last you know several years. And they have one loss there, and we have one win. But that's over multiple coaches. That's over, that's over well, the coaches comprised in that list are Pearl, Conzo Martin, and now this guy. And Pearl's the only one that won a game, and Barnsey has, you know, gotten beat a few times. But the thing people can't deny is you're in that round. You're getting to that round, and that's got to be a value, doesn't it? Anyway, we'll bring Maury Hanks on as we continue, and we'll talk about the issue of court storming. He is a longtime scout. He's also somebody who organizes events. Um, I am, what's the word here? I'm evolving on the court storming issue. I think about kids with phones in their hands playing for the camera. It's one thing to be young and dumb. It's another thing to be young and dumb and pushing it a step too far, which I think when you invite a cell phone, I think that invites that. Now, maybe I'm connecting dots that don't need to be connected, but I'll get Maury's thoughts on that. And then after Maury, Adam Sparks will join. We will talk with Adam regarding his piece about where we go from here now that all the children have grown up. The NCAA has been rebuffed and slapped down. The Vols are now free to move about the cabin. Unless the NCAA wants to try to stick innocuous charges on the Vols. The plane flight, the this, the that. See, this, this court thing was about the NIL stuff. And Adam will explain that. The NCAA can still come back and be as petty as they want to be, which is really absurd and kind of a bummer. And I'm going to ask Adam what he thinks is going to happen, because inevitably that's where we're at. But we'll continue. It is a Monday edition. Bino's there. I'm here. Brian's here. And we continue with more on the other side. Hour two after this. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. 
If you have Medicare and Medicaid, you may be able to get more help to cover your care and costs. A United Healthcare Dual Complete Plan can help you get more benefits than original Medicare. Whether you choose our online tools or over-the-phone support, United Healthcare will help you compare options so you can choose a plan with confidence. See if you qualify for a United Healthcare Dual Complete Plan. Call 855 UHC More. That's 855 UHC More. 855 UHC M O R E. This is Del Kennedy from Porch Radio. Today I'm at Foodland in downtown Columbia, Tennessee. I'm speaking with Bobby Howell, your hometown grocer. Foodland has got a new circular out. It's got specials that will run through next Tuesday, February 27th. Bobby, what's happening at Foodland this week? We got ground chuck, $3.99 a pound. Eight-pound bag of jumbo russet potatoes, $3.99 each. Domino sugar, four-pound bag, two for seven. Coca-Cola half-liter six-packs, two for nine. And then next Tuesday on February 27th, we have a $2 sale day, which Guantley Bologna is $2. Hot Pockets are $2. Five-pound russet potatoes are $2 a bag. Wow, that's amazing. And so those $2 specials are next Tuesday, February 27th. One day only. One day only. Okay, I got it. All right, folks. And remember, for guys who grill, Foodland has got the best meat department in Murray County, I guarantee it. Bobby, have a great week. Thank you. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. NBA scout and also owner, operator, president, Global Sports International, puts on events all over the world uh, in basketball, professional level, collegiate level, what have you. Mari Hanks now joins us on the program. Great resource for us here. Lives in our area. Uh, all around ter- terrific guy. Mo Hanks, uh, welcome back to the show. And uh, Bino, myself, and Brian are happy to spend part of a beautiful Monday. Temperatures in the 70s here locally. Absolutely outstanding uh, Monday to be alive and well here as uh, we bring Mo in. Mo, let's start with uh, Rick Barnes. Gets win 800 over the weekend. I'm asking today on the air about this guy and how to think about him and, you know, trying to celebrate him because this team, this team right now, Maury, is taking flight. I mean, they are taking flight right in front of us here. Your thoughts? Oh, I, I mean, Tony, thank you again for having me on. Um, I just don't know if people can think he's overrated. Like I said, I know in the basketball community, people think he's a great coach. He's a gentleman, uh, tries to do things the right way. But anybody can win as many games as he has at, at, at different places. I mean, Clemson's not an easy job. You know, I coached there a million years ago. I was a graduate assistant there for two years. I mean, Texas is a great job. Tennessee is a fantastic job. I tell people that haven't really been here, I've lived here almost 13 years. The fan base is as good as any place in the country. They come out. You know, that's the difference between this job in Alabama and this job and some of the other jobs is that on a November 5th when they're playing – uh, East Tennessee State or Moorhead State, Tennessee will get 15,000. Alabama will draw 5,000. But getting back to Coach Barnes, you know, I don't think you, 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 I, I wouldn't say, is he a five, top five coach? Has ever coached college basketball? No, but is he going to the Hall of Fame? Yes. Is Tennessee, should Tennessee fans be happy to have him? Without a doubt. You know, Mo, we, we get in a spot and we all do it, right? where we make all these sports always about the postseason. You know, at that NBA level, we're 
you you were for many many years. It's about the playoffs. I mean, once you build a team, it's good enough to get there. It's about can, can you win at the end of the year? And and I get all that. Let's talk about from your perspective. This might spin around that sport for forever and ever. Just the sheer randomness of March. Just the app. You and I met each other. I want to say at a place that's now been raised, that is torn to the ground, that is rubbled. Uh, you and I met at a place, though, watching Duke lose to, I want to say Mercer, North on a Friday State afternoon. I, yes, and that was with Mike Shashevsky coaching. Bow your head, Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't immune to it. Mercer beat Duke, uh, Maury Hanks. What, what is it about? The, the fan base and the relationship between and the way they look at Barnes with the March disappointments. What, what Speak to that for me. Well, I think one thing it speaks to is that he's been very, very good in the regular season. I mean, you take out his first two years, and, and again, I know Bruce Pearl's beloved here because he came here when it was down and turned it around and whatnot. But if you go like since, I, I think it's the last seven years, I think since the 2017, 2018, Coach Barnes has got a better, more wins, better winning percentage in, in conference play. You take out, you take out Bruce Pearl's run to the final four. I think Coach Barnes has done a better job. Um, and, you know, I always, I always use this comparison. It worked until, you know, a couple of years ago when he won his second one. Bill Self's one of the best guys to ever flow. Longtime friend of mine, wonderful person. If John Calipari fouls and they don't allow the guy to hit the three point shot, Bill Self may have never had a national championship until 2022. Does that mean he's not a good coach? And you, you, th- you think about that. Um, you know, Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo, you know, supposedly one of the greatest, you know, tournament coaches of all time. They've been knocked out in the first round, you know, b- before they get to the Sweet 16 a couple times. Kermit Davis at Middle Tennessee State did it one year. Yeah, the randomness of the whole thing. And then we were talking about that UConn deal last week. I mean, Mo, Kevin Ang, Kevin Ollie couldn't spell cat if you spotted him as C in the A, okay? The guy's a national championship coach. Is he a better coach than Rick Barnes? Kevin Ollie a better coach than Rick Barnes because he has Andy Enfeld one year got hot with Dunk City. Is he a better coach than Rick Barnes? I mean, that's what we're no, talking I, about I, here. It's what these people are arguing. Yeah, and, and to get back to a, a, a point, I just turned it on earlier. I was bored to listen to your show, but one of your callers talked about UCLA and how much money he makes. Only thing I would say to all those callers, all the fans, if somebody came and offered you a better job, would you not listen to it? Or are you going to say, you know what? I'm making a hundred grand right now. Somebody's offered me two hundred. I'm going to stay here and make a hundred thousand. No, they wouldn't. And so for people to say they're mad, UCLA's. A, I mean, it's a, it's a four letter. It's the four letter job. It's a, it, you know, it has the potential to be a great job. Great, you know, great location, this, that, and the other thing. You know, how much he chased it, I don't know. I mean, I, I know the man in a long time. I think I know him better a lot than a lot of your fans, and I don't know how much he really chased it or whatnot, but let's say he did. You can't hold that against him. You can't hold a coach, you know, accountable or be mad at him for how much money he makes. But getting back to what you said about UConn, and, you know, I, I, I was listening last week. UConn had a couple of different things. A, they had great luck. Some of those teams, some of the, like the one, the one of their teams, Tony, at the start of the season in 2011, won the national championship, was unranked at the start of the season. 
but they had great guards and, and guards guard guard playing the NCAA tournament is huge. They had Jeremy Lamb, Shabazz Napier, Kemba Walker. I mean, Kemba Walker put the team on his back. And but again, you talk about luck and timing. They won three games in a Big East tournament by ten points total. Um, in the Elite Eight, they win by two. In the semifinals, they win by one. You get the wrong call or something like that, you lose the game, you go home, your fan base is pissed off. Bino, Jeff, your thoughts on our conversation thus far with Mo? Uh, what comes to mind? Yeah, Mari, I, I'm, uh, again, I, maybe my uh, expectations are too low, uh, but uh, in watching this stuff for over five decades as a Tennessee fan, uh, you give me a coach here that regularly gets me to the tournament, uh, I, I say he's doing his job <laughs> because there's, we've been to one lead eight. I'd love to see a final four, but uh, give me a coach like Barnes that's getting us there every year, and I think he's done his job. Without question, being all, I said this to Tony a couple of years ago. Would you rather be like you, South Carolina? And again, Tennessee's a better job than South Carolina. But South Carolina went to a Final Four. All the alumni got to put their pretty shirts on, go to the Final Four, watch the game at a bar. And for the next five years, they weren't even in the event. Again, I'm biased because I'm great friends with Mick Cronin. Everybody in Cincinnati, oh, he can't get to the Elite Eight. He can't get to the Final Four. Sometimes he doesn't make out on the first weekend. They won nine. His last nine years, they went to the NCAA tournament. There were only six schools that did that. It was Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, uh, Gonzaga, and it wasn't Kentucky. And by far, Mick had the worst job. Do you think they want to have Mick Cronin back there now? How many have they been to most since then? Have they been back? No, they haven't been back since he left. My gosh. Eric Waddell, it's an embarrassment. And and so so that's why I'm saying – I just think, again, fans are fans, and they want the best for their school. And, again, they have that, that's one thing that makes this a great job is that they've got passionate fans that will come and watch games and spend money and things like that. But there's so – you could get a bad call, okay? Again, does Coach Barnes and the staff have anything to do about that? No. Um, you know, and, and, and you, you lose a game. Tony, I, I, I got this from a friend of mine a long time ago, and people think about it, but over the course of a season – if I gave you 20 points, if I gave you 20 points at the start of the year, everybody thinks over 31 games, 20 points doesn't matter. Oh, I promise you, if you're bored sometime, you look at just pick 20 schools and go through a team lost by two one night. Well, you need three points, and you keep going. Have 20 points, that coach will either get another job or he'll save his job because he'll win four to five more games. That's how many close games there are in college basketball. All right, Mo, let's get to the, the uh, another conversation that's going on right now, and that's the one about court storming. And I want to begin here. You, you've organized events. You've been around the game. You've been in a lot of heated gyms. You've seen a lot of crazy things in your life, scouting games and the old Big East, the new Big East, uh, this conference, the Big Ten, when it's burning white hot, some of those Big 12 games. Fog Allen, when those great Oklahoma teams would go in there with Kansas, and you've seen some great ball live. Uh, you ever been in a situation where you were afraid? 
yeah, yeah. Uh, one, 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 one day, uh, a couple times. Once, actually, at Texas A&M a long time ago when they first built their new arena. I can't remember who they were playing. And, Tony, I'm, I'm usually was smart enough to get out at the four-minute timeout, and other scouts would always bust my chops about it. And I'd say, mm-hmm. boys, I don't want to get stuck in traffic. And most importantly, if you have to watch, if you can't tell if a guy can play in 36 minutes, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> to, get back to, your que- to get back to your question, yeah, Texas A&M, we were in the, in the front row. We almost got trampled at Duke one time. Uh, their, their place is really, really small. And they used to put the scouts right at half court, um, like in the third or fourth row, and literally you, you can't move. So you can't get up go to the bathroom. You can't get up and leave early. That that happened one time, and I'm I'm sorry that situation happened at Wake, but I truly believe you can stop this. Uh, again, some some conference don't even have like uh, ACC doesn't have a policy in place to find a uh, find a school. Um, yep. Some are a hundred thousand, some go up. Well, that's chicken feed to a lot of universities. I just think they could stop it to where a they're better prepared, b. You know, you get the team off and then let them court storm. Or if you really want to be, you know, a curmudgeon or, you know, old-fashioned, you may just say, hey, guys, if you run on the floor, now I'm kidding. What are the 25 of you? Think Now, your, your son went to Penn. I think he's adopted because he was smart enough to get in there. But just think if he was at Penn and he called you and said, Dad, he said, Dad, I mean, think of this, Tony, as tight as you are. I would be, Mo, Mo if my kid called me. It said I got swept up because I ran on the floor, and yeah, I have to pay for that. That is my that is yeah. my deterrent. The deterrent. I'm so glad you brought that up. The deterrent to the eggheads in the in the national press is not finding schools. These kids could care less that a school is going to get fined fifty grand. They could. You think that's going to stop me from running on the floor? What's going to stop me is if my family has to pay five thousand dollar fine because I cross that line. And I, somebody's got to call my parents somewhere because I was an idiot and got swept up in the moment. Without, with, 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 without question. I mean, I'm a complete buffoon. There was only really, there's very few things I've been afraid of in my life, and that one of them was my father. You damn you know, straight. Well, well put. Because if young Mari was sitting there, wherever you were, God knows, and and you called, and they and they called him from the local, either the university jail or the holding cell downtown, and they said, hey, your son's here because he ran onto the floor. I mean, my go- my dad didn't come visit me very much when I was in school. It, it Maybe never, but I can promise you he would have visited me then, and he would have had the old paddle in his hand, Mo. And I would have well, been Tony, saying to the authorities, my, keep me dad, in jail. I would have been saying to the yeah. authorities, keep me in jail. That's what my father would have done to me. And, again, you're right. The kids don't care. And I was reading some things like some people say, well, if they do it, they'll lose the, they'll lose the home game. Kids so can care less. Do you do that if, 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 if Tennessee does it? Are you, going to take, are you going to make them play at Alabama twice during a year? I mean, the kids don't care about that. Like I said, if, oh. if, if, if they can't wait until the team's off and run on the floor and celebrate with their, you know, their other fans and, and, and the players, then, like I said, to me, you know, uh, you're not going to get all of them, but guess what? If you get a hundred of them, and a guy goes to the fraternity house, he says, "Damn, I, I, I just got to." T- you know, my parents had to pay a ten thousand dollar fine or a five thousand dollar fine. Guess what? It's going to stop it real quick. And kids today, clout chase online. I, I can promise you, the kid, 
that was involved in the incident with Filippelli that got that kid injured, whatever the injury is. But that's national news, talking about all over. That kid's a celebrity on his campus today. I don't know if he goes to Wake. Maybe he goes to another school. I can't assume that. He could have been, been there visiting somebody. But whoever that kid is, he's telling people, hey, that was me. They know who he is. Hey, let me buy you a drink. And listen, if you don't think that's going on, you're fooling yourself. Because that's what we're doing. And everybody has a phone. And everybody's filming everybody doing these stunts online. And look, I don't want to sound like an old person. Because thank God phones didn't exist when I was a kid. The stuff I would have done with a phone and the trouble I could have gotten myself into with my mouth and my lack of development in my brain, which haunts me to this day, by the way. But that said, uh, storming courts in the cell phone era is a bad, bad, bad idea. Ba- well, here, we, here's, you, here's, you know that Caitlin Clark got knocked over a couple weeks ago, Mo? It's yeah, ridiculous. No, 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 what happened, I, if you want to listen to something good, Matt Painter, Matt Painter, after they upset when they were number one at Nebraska, he said, congratulations and this and that. And he said, this is six weeks ago. And he came out and said, this has to stop. Someone's going to get hurt. And he said, the last three years, every time we've lost on the road, and he said, fortunately, it hasn't been a lot. He says, every time our junior, sophomore, and freshman classes played on the road and we've lost, we've, we've, been, we've had court storm. And, you know, one, one, one story not a lot of people know, uh, Miami of Ohio was playing football at Marshall. This has got to be 15, 20 years ago. And uh, one of the assistant coaches on the field for Miami of Ohio, they, they, Marshall fans rushed it. They won the game at the end. He turned around and the guy is right behind him running up on him. He turned around and, and, and hit him. He thought the guy was going to attack him. I mean, he was right next to him. They ended up firing the coach, defending himself. They they fired this they fired this, this coach. How I know this story is he was my brother played football at Miami of Ohio, and John was his my brother's roommate, and he ended up wow. becoming a coach there. He's from Finley, Ohio. He's the reason Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio, and he got fired for punching a fan. And like I always tell people, if I walked in, if I ran into your office and acted like a fool and you hit me, I'd be at fault, not you. Hey, Mo, on the way out, now you want you to tell me the truth. Since Barnes has been here, does this team have the most stuff? We talk in baseball about pitchers and their stuff. Does this team have the most stuff to navigate the NCAA tournament and go the furthest? Yes or no? Yes, because they have a guy with that can be thrown the ball with under seven seven second guys, I call them, and getting back. Um, UConn beat teams 18, 20 points a game, and they just rolled through it. They did have a first-round pick. But those other guys, those other teams UConn had, had great guards. Yep. That's what you need when, when teams are up against it. You need somebody, and they here. And this Ziegler guy right now at this level is kicking ass and taking names. I would not want to be out there with him. And uh, Dalton Connect trying to close out a game against these guys late. My money, even with kind of Barnes' bad luck in history, whatever you want to call it, uh, these guys are going to be a really tough out, Mo. They really are. Oh, no, they, they are. And, and again, but uh, I mean, I, I, hope, I hope it doesn't happen because a good friend of mine's on the staff and I want to coach Barnes and I want him to win for my friends here in Knoxville. If something sh- should happen, I, I just. I, 
Ooh, I'd hate to listen to the calls on your show. Ah, maybe I'll let you come in that night and do it, and I'll go play my play, go play music somewhere that evening. I think I'd have a more pleasurable evening. But Maury Hanks, thank you, brother. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for breaking it down thank scientifically you, with us. Thank you. Thank you. Bino, do people think that's a cop out when we talk about how March is just a coin flip? I mean, when you look. Billy Donovan, early on about him, they used to say, this guy can't win in the tournament. And then he had a team, Brian can remember this, on a Friday afternoon, they had a team make a layup against some directional school. I forget who it was. Brian probably remembers. But they went on to the Final Four that year. It was like at the turn of the century, last century. 99, I want to say it was. Just just the, the year that UCLA won it all. They had Tyus Edney go the length of the floor against Princeton, and they ended up winning it. I mean, that's just the kind of stuff that's happened through our history. We've always been on the receiving end of that, Bino. Always been on the receiving end of that in March. Always. Yeah, and I, I think uh, Tennessee Lee and I had this discussion on on Friday on the show Uh you know, I, I I understand it's a random event, but even in a random event, doesn't your number come up? I mean, yep, every once should. in a while. It really should. That's why Maury calls this guy a seven-second player. The other night when Connect got that deal, and I talked about it in the blog today, and I picked up on this early on in the year because I'm, I'm a student of body language because of the great Mark Griffin, and he's got to tell. And when he gets up on the ball of his feet and untucks his uh, shirt a little bit, somebody better watch out because you just tugged on Superman's cape. And Dalton connects fixing the flurry on you. And if he doesn't flurry on you, he's at least going to try. Now, the other night, he shot a long three ball. He dunked the ball in off the weak side, just a very loud, thunderous dunk, and had a beautiful pass. All in, uh, all in one fell swoop. And the guy... When he does it, you're getting ready to have a 12-point run put on you, and he's going to be responsible for it. It's crazy. This needs to be our one. You're my one scratch-off, Tony. This needs to be it. It's a great point, Bino. Sammy from the Ridge had a slogan. I don't want to repeat right now, but I might in the third hour. The reality here is that sooner or later it's going to happen. It really deserves to happen for Barnes. I've come to the conclusion that this is one of the good guys. It needs to happen for him. And selfishly, selfishly, it needs to happen for this fan base. It needs to happen for this fan base. This is like when the Boston Bruins, those of you who follow hockey, sent Ray Bork and traded him at the end of his career, and he went out and won a Stanley Cup. Some people deserve to win it all. He's one of them. And you're one of them. You're one of them. Some people deserve to win it all. He's one of them. And you are one of them. Take a brief time out. Come back. Adam Sparks on the NCAA. And where do we go from here as we continue after this? This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Garnets begin the year as January's birthstone. Garnets are also the gemstone that are traditionally gifted for a second wedding anniversary. Here at Tillis Jewelry, we have a variety of garnets to fit your budget, whether you prefer vintage or modern. Next time you visit us, be sure to mention this ad and receive 10% off your purchase. You deserve something new to begin the new year. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin, is here to serve Murray and Williamson County. We have over 50 years of business with all the experience combined. All insurance claims, as well as unibody and frame repairs and glass claims are welcomed. Call today for selected insurance companies, 931-381-4915 Columbia, and Franklin, 615-794-1959. Or check us out at www.brownsbodyshop.com. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager at Columbia Ace Hardware. We have changed our store hours to better serve our community. Columbia Ace Hardware is now open from 7 to 7, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 4 on Saturday, and closed on Sunday. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us show you customer service that can only be found at Columbia Ace Hardware. This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Minutes matter when you call 911 for a heart attack, and Murray Regional Health is ready to care for you. Utilizing the -the state-of-the-art cardiac cath lab at Murray Regional Medical Center, our team of expert cardiologists and experienced clinical professionals are equipped to investigate heart conditions quickly and perform life-saving interventional procedures. Go to murrayregional.com slash heart to learn more. And remember, always dial 911 when you or someone near you is experiencing heart attack symptoms. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. In Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM, 101.7 FM. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. It's February. And love is in the air all month. There's no better time to find your perfect match than this month with Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. From now until February 29th, get a free UV light when you purchase select new HVAC systems from Hiller. It's the perfect pair for cleaner, healthier air inside. You'll never be more in love with your home. Find your perfect match today at happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be, or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Bow thy head. Where do we go from here? We're going to ask the great Adam Sparks that question. Boom! Adam Sparks, let's talk about it. The Tennessee Volunteers are now free to move about the cabin as he appears. On your TLD Logistics hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. As uh, we bring Adam Sparks in now, without further ado, Adam, buenas afternoon to you, buenas day. Hope you're having a good one, brother. Thank you for jumping on uh, in short notice. And great piece you wrote in the New Sentinel today because I think the assumption is this thing is over and happy days are here again. And uh, that's kind of my pivot. But your your uh, your 
point that you bring up is the NCA, if they want to be obstinate and they want to be stubborn, can still go that route. So where do we go from here, Adam Sparks? Talk to me and welcome in. Yeah, there's a few options NCAA has. Now, their their biggest course of action was probably taken out of their hands by the, by the judge. And I don't mean just the preliminary injunction. The injunction meant like that the NIL rules were off the table. Yep. Uh, so that means like the serious charges, probably postseason ban, any of that stuff is gone. But beyond that, if you look in the, like the last, I think it's the last sentence, last couple sentences of that 13 page, uh, decision from the judge said that NIL collectives and then, and boosters within the collectives are the same entities. It's the same thing. And why that matters is the next step of the NCAA, if the NIL rules were struck down, which they were, was to go after Tennessee with, uh, with sort of this, you know, like reinterpretation of the rules. Like, you guys didn't break NIL rules, you broke booster rules, which are like similar but different from NIL rules. And so they would reinterpret it and then go after Tennessee in a different way. The fact that the judge worded his ruling in that way meant that that's probably also off the table. You can't go after boosters now either. Uh, so what does the NCAA do now? No, first off, we our understanding is there are other uh, allegations of violations that the NCAA is looking at that are not directly NIL. From what my understanding, these are not like serious allegations, but they are allegations. Like, for example, I've been trying to snoop around the last few days and to, to find out if a notice of allegations could still come. And I think it still will. I think that there's a likelihood that there will still be a notice of allegations. Obviously, that's up to the NCAA. They can sort of retreat and go back to Indianapolis and say, okay, we took the L on this one. Let's just go home. Or they can say, you know, we've spent like eight months looking into this now. We, we, we gotta have something to show for it. We've gotta issue some kind of notice of allegations. Now, if they do that, uh, then, you know, t- Tennessee's sort of in the, in the power seat. Uh, that they would, they would at least be able to negotiate some type of resolution. So they could, you know, take a plea deal, so to speak, on let, um, you know, very, very low charges and probably not get any serious, uh, infractions. I mean, that, that's, that's usually that's typically the way that these things work. Is the two sides just agree on some very minor penalties, on minor allegations, and the NCAA can at least go home saying, "Well, we got them on something. It wasn't much, but it was it, it was the kind of thing usually usually you issue after like looking into something for two weeks rather than eight months." But I, I think that's probably the likelihood that there will be some violations. They'll be minor, and and we'll sort of move on. And then this chapter's behind us. You would think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's from this point, it's just going to be like, what's the fallout from these rules being placed aside? I mean, like Josh Hoppel and his, uh, you know, in, in the document that he issued to support the, the lawsuit, he sort of made the case that, you know, if NIL rules weren't around, if these rules against, uh, against some of these NIL negotiations weren't around, Tennessee would be even in, in better shape. Like, this is hindering... UT Athletics, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I mean, they did get an $8 million quarterback with the with the former rules, at least what they thought the rules were. Um, but, you know, we kind of don't know how things will be with no rules uh, prohibiting negotiations. I mean, I've used the analogy that, like, 
you know, if I drive on I-40 out here, I drive in the left lane and I do about 82 miles an hour. Well, that's against the rules, but everybody's driving like 80 to 85. The only penalty, the only thing I have to worry about is getting caught and getting punished for it. Back in the day, Montana used to not have a speed limit. I would also drive 82 there, but I knew that it wasn't against the rules, so I wouldn't get caught. The the old way was that people would, you know, sort of hint, hint, wink, wink in negotiations uh, and hope they didn't get caught. Now they can do it, and there's no rules against it. So it's probably going to be similar to what we've had. It's just the, you know, the risk of, of getting any kind of punishment is, is now gone because you can sit down now under these rules and a recruit can say to a collective, how much are you going to give me? And they give them a number, and then they go to another collective and say, they get they offer me this much. Can you match it or or, or, or better it? And then you go to the next one. And um, that seems fair. Uh, it also is going to annoy a lot of fans that were probably in favor of it. It's going to annoy them when they find out, you know, how much these athletes rely on just how much they get paid and some loyalties, the lack of loyalty to schools, I think, is going to be exposed a lot in these in these situations. Uh, no doubt about it. And I just wonder about the about the fan going forward and relationship to the sports and how long it takes to erode that magic that's there because it's going to erode it to some degree. This yep. new era that we're in, and particularly, I was talking with Laura, my lovely wife, today, and she said, you know, the whole concept that Tennessee's got a multi-billion, and all these, but all these schools at the top of the deal, have a multi-billion dollar operation going, but yet are relying on the fans to pay their payroll seems utterly absurd. Like, if you yeah. if you just stop and think about that for a second, and, and to her point, look, it is some, you know, rich people at the top that are funding most of it, but there still are working people out there that are dropping few hundred dollars a month whatever it is you just wonder adam once this all comes to bear and people see it for what it really is how much of that continues i just think that's it's going to be very interesting going forward the role of these collectives going forward is going to be interesting as well yeah it is yeah it is about i think from the fans perspective of what am i paying for right i'm paying for in some in some places a psl i'm paying a a donation to be able to buy season tickets then i'm paying for a season ticket then i'm paying for parking and i'm paying for concessions and i'm paying for travel to go on the road to watch these teams and then i'm paying you know a trumped up ticket to go on the road uh, because there's a because there's a secondary market and and then i'm paying into an nil collective for the players that i'm already paying to watch and then, and by the way, where does the bulk of the money come from in college athletics? It comes from TV revenue because people are the same people are watching it on TV. So <laughs> all you know, all of the value comes from the fans and in, in terms of the customers, and then the fans are also paying for it. It, it's very circular if you're a fan yes. of where the money is coming from and the money that you, the same people are putting the money into it. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be there's going to have to be some kind of change at some point because if we think about moving forward, no nil rules, at least in terms of negotiations, these numbers are going to get out there more and more. Some numbers may even get out in discovery if 
this thing yep. goes all the way to trial. Yep. And you're going to have fans that are going to get more and more irritated by how big these numbers are. And, you know, we see it in the pros. You boo a lot more in an NFL game than you do a college game. Mm-hmm. And that's because you know for sure how much money that guy's making. And you're going to get even more of that college as we move forward, especially if you see on Twitter guys, you know, leaving school A for school B because school B, you know, at the last minute offered them 10000 more, 15000 more. And you're thinking, how how can a kid leave for that little amount of money? Uh, and that's, that's just going to be exposed more and more now that negotiations can be above the table. Bino, Jeff, jump in here as Adam Sparks joins to uh, break it down scientifically with us on the TLD Logistics Hotline. His reporting in the Knoxville News Sentinel today is a reason why it's a wonderful idea to have a subscription because he's been on this story from pillar to post and has done one hell of a job. I'll say that right now. Uh, go ahead, Bino. Uh, Adam, I know it's an unusual situation to be put in uh, where you're answering questions that are, are raised by a guy named Orange Throat. Uh, but uh, in, in Tony blog contributor this morning kind of uh, implied that possibly going forward, uh, the NCAA's role will be as oversight to college basketball and other sports uh, and not Power 5 football. And I kind of agree with that. Where, where do you think the NCAA goes? How do they reinvent themselves from here? Yeah, they have to, they have to make a transition from we're running things to we're surviving. Like, I think the NCAA in the past has felt like it's the wheel. And in the future, it's got to think is it's one of the spokes of the wheel and no more. Uh, one of the spokes of the wheel is, Hey, we put on championship events better than anybody else in the world or in the country, which they do. The NCAA tournament has run phenomenally. If you've ever covered, you know, anything from like the College World Series, which I've done that a, bu- a bunch, all the way down to the Olympic sports at the championship level. The NCAA does a phenomenal job of running the thing. It's just they're not good at being the cops. Like they're not good at the enforcement part. And, you know, if, if you think about that, the, you know, the, the police and the city planner are not the same guy. You know, or girl. You, you, those are two different jobs, and I think the NCAA has to has to think about to survive as an association. What do they do best, and what do they need to do, and sort of just you know take some humble pie in in that way. And uh, they should run the championships. Um, you know, the championship in football is already apart from them. The CFP is not run by the NCAA, and so they've already had that you know taken away from them. I think we've got to. I think somebody's got to decide. Like, who's going to get paid? If you can separate college football, then you can maybe just pay college football players. And Mm -hmm. I know there's a number of ways to do that, collective bargaining, employees, unionization, whatever. But if you can do that, you can separate those out. And so then you can avoid any kind of Title IX issues or anything like that. Now, I will say, if you separate football out of the NCAA and you especially focus on paying those players – you're probably going to lose some women's sports because you have a lot of you have a lot more women's athletes because they have to match the numbers of football. You have 85 football scholarship players. That means you got to find a lot of women's sports that add up to around 85. If suddenly you take football out of it and it's not run by the NCAA, 
you're going to have a few women's sports that don't exist anymore because they don't have to fill those 85 to match football. Uh, so there's there's a lot of, you know, maybe good, but also some bad consequences that of what's going to happen next. And that's where we're going. Yeah, this whole thing, like last week we had a guy on who follows all this stuff, you know, the, the business of it. And he was talking about the NLRB case, and there's a case in 1AA sports up in, in a court in Pennsylvania where these people want to be treated like employees. Well, I, I got news for you. If you're at the 1AA level and you're suing schools, the future athletes that come behind them, there will no, be no more future athletes. Because yeah. if the universities are forced to pay these people, the unintended consequences, and we see this on the federal level, like with law all the time, we watch our courts try to sort things out in the real world. There are unintended consequences in the sports world as well, because now you're touching the real world. When you start getting into this, you and I both probably are of the belief that for the longest time, these kids at the high levels, these athletes have been taken advantage of to some extent. I think most people would would draw that conclusion when you lay it out in front of them, the billions that come in. But for these other, uh, like, like my son playing golf up at University of Pennsylvania, hey, man, I mean, you know, that's, you're not generating money. And if you want to be right. treated like an employee, go get a job. Nobody's... Nobody's forcing you to do that. I don't know. I, I I have trouble with that, and I think that's where cooler heads have to prevail here. Adam, we're going to have a lot of sports. We're going to have a lot of universities just say we're not going to participate in sports. That's going to be very I sad. A, I think it's hard for fans, too, because they don't know what to root for. Right. Because you know, think of like the last five minutes of what we've laid out of some of the consequences of this could be. Some fans listening to this could say, yeah, I'm for the direction we're going right now, and then suddenly hear some of these things and say, whoa, 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 no, actually, I'm against it. At least in the Tennessee slash UT case against the NCAA, UT fans knew what to be for, because in the immediate immediate future, it was the state of Tennessee needs to win in a lawsuit to get rid of NIL rules, because that means that NCAA can't come after UT for NIL rules, and that just involves like this year, this season, whatever. So UT fans knew what to be for. Like, whatever that is, I'm for that. But then moving forward, you don't know what to be for. Like, if you're a fan, are you for or against athletes as employees? Are you for or against collective bargaining? Are you for or against them being in a union? Um, You know, we can sort of say, like, the pros and cons of it, and I've written about that. But I think, honestly, we're not going to know until it happens. And I think that's where, yep. like when you see Greg Sankey say, I don't really have, like, the magic plan, that's what he's talking about. Because we don't, none of us know all the consequences of this. So nobody can say, like, I'm absolutely 100% for this plan because we, we don't know what's going to come out of it. Adam Sparks, really appreciate you uh, joining. Hey, you know what? Spring football is right around the corner, and – I, I would bet you're never going to be more glad to be covering spring football and get out of this morass that we've been in for the past month because this has been a total pain in the rear end, too. And you've done a great job of getting your hands around the objective facts of what's been going on. You've done a wonderful, well, great, great reporting by you. Uh, I've been in contact with NCAA and going through some documents today. So we'll, we'll have more. More's coming, um, and waiting on to see if that NOA is coming. But yeah, you're 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 right. Spring practice. I'm looking forward to not asking Nico five questions about his NIL contract 
of which he cannot answer <laughs> because because he is an NDA, I, I would assume. Uh, I'm looking forward to not having to do that uh, because if this case had gone, if the injunction had gone the uh, opposite way, uh, that, that's what would have happened. Ah, uh, so destabilizing. I don't think our fans realize how if it would have gone the other way. And the judge easily could have done that. At the end of the day, you know, that, that judge just decided these people aren't winning. Why would I let them win here? Even though, even if they've made the case that they've won here, why? What am I going to do? I don't want my name on this because they never win. So, go ahead. I, you have a thought on that. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, in the next question, like people ask, like, is this over? What happens next? The case doesn't have to go to trial. We'll wait and see if the NCAA sort of settles. They did that in a transfer case back in December. They just said, okay, we're not going to win. Let's like agree on a new policy and move forward. And that's what I'm monitoring today and this week is that NCAA could come out with a policy change and just say, hey, just FYI, you know, these are new guidelines. I don't even know what guidelines they could do at this point because there are no rules. Um, but the, it's, it's now in the NCAA's court. They have to respond both in court and to its member institutions to at least address this. Because at this point, the only statement they've made is, like, we're eager for Congress to step in and solve this problem. Well, you're going to be waiting a long time if you're waiting on Congress to solve this problem. They're busy. They also, there's no incentive for them to fix this. So, uh, you know, just, just spinning their tires in Indianapolis. You're the best, Adam. Thanks, brother. Good talking to you. <laughs> All right. Good to be on you. Have a good one. It's good stuff from, uh, great stuff from Adam Sparks. Very interesting stuff, Beanstar. Thank God it's over, sort of. Yeah, ab- absolutely, Tony. So, um, Adams takes difficult situations and tries his very best to keep us informed. I appreciate that. Yeah, and if and I guess the long and short of it is, if you get a notice of allegations from these people now, what can they really do to you? The answer is almost nothing at this point, according to Adam, and I'm going to trust that that's accurate, or he wouldn't say that, so... Thank God that's over. It's just so weird to wake up a month or so ago. And the true believers on the national level, like I, I was tweeting Friday, and I never tweeted these morons, but the 40s of the world and people like him that really believe in that NCAA, really tough day for them over the weekend. I, I would imagine that Friday was a tough day for them. Because you know our fans are a pretty obnoxious lot, you know, the way they they buzz at these people like buzzing bees. And and these guys and gals, it becomes a personal thing to them. You could tell with that 40 guy, and to some extent that night, uh, who was the other guy that was making fun of Nico's name? Oh, his name is Wetzel. That's an accomplished reporter, a, a very accomplished guy in that in that field behaving that way making fun of this uh, young man's polynesian name for i mean for what because we're sick of tennessee fans i mean that kid never did anything to them and that was a, kind of a serious deal it was but you know it's you know those poor guys are like man tennessee wiggled off again and those obnoxious rednecks you you can just hear i mean what do you think their conversations sound like behind the scenes Bino, when they talk about us, that case, the whole deal. Oh yeah, it became personal to them a long, long time ago, Tony, and and they've never overcome it. They 
they let that overcome their objectivity. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I rarely read or hear anything they have to say. Matt Dixon tried to tell me that for several years. I didn't believe him. And that, that clip, when I watched that clip of those guys smugly celebrating what was going on that night, when they know damn right well that at every other school in America it's going on, but it was kind of all about their animus with this fan base. And I basically came on here and apologized to Matt that day. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I thought you were the, guys, the guy with the issue. These people are the ones with the issue, with the real issues here. So we've got that to talk about. We've got the court storming. Uh, for or against. I used to be so in favor of things like that, kids being kids and having fun, and I've been a part of that before. Um, I used to be so in favor of that. We're living in a different era now with these cell phones and people clout chasing, and that's a that's an issue to me. Um, somebody said, well, Mari said, why don't you let the kids get off the floor and they need to storm the floor? I don't even know if that's a good idea with these kids, everybody filming everybody, the ability to show off now. I, I don't know. Um, there's so many people out there with main character syndrome now in life that they don't live their lives. They document themselves documenting while they're allegedly living. I, I just think it's the weirdest thing to go to a sporting event or go to anywhere, a concert, a show, something that you've paid to pretty good money to be at and watch people play on their phones or you know the constant selfie taking or the this the that the whatever it is just it's strange that the power and i speak to myself here as well the power that phones have over us is kind of scary these devices when you stop and think about it so that's entered my equation as I've evolved on court storming, it has nothing to do with the fact that a kid from Duke got hurt over the weekend. I mean, that means, I'm not saying it's not bad that a student athlete, kid, kid got hurt. Filipowski's a nice player. Do we know the extent of his injury, by the way? Does anybody, do we know, Brian, have they said? Have you guys seen? I haven't seen a thing about it, Tony. It- Looks like from watching it over and over, he bumped knees with someone who was charging the court. Uh, so my guess would be we're going to hear that he's got a bruised knee. Is my uh, yeah is is my guess, Bino? That by the way, speaking of knees, I'm watching a hockey game yesterday. The Flyers and Penguins. I want you to think about how painful this would be. A guy from the Flyers has an incredibly hard shot. His name's Owen Tippett. He's a really talented young kid. Bino, he hit a guy on his own team with a puck that was in the front trying to screen a goalie. He hit him right above his kneecap where there's no padding. Mm. Now, these hockey players are strong-willed, strong, tough hombres. This guy went to the ground and tried to uh, inchworm himself over to the bench And finally, the officials blew a play dead. You don't see this much. So that support staff could come out and pick this guy up and help him over. That's the pain this dude was in. You talk about your knee. 
and how some when you get hit on the inside of your knee, like bump knees with somebody, that is one of the most painful things that you can ever experience. I can't imagine what it's like to get hit on top of a kneecap with a hockey puck going 100 miles an hour. I just can't even. The thought of that makes me want to go take some Advil. We're going to do some TLD logistics overdrive overtime. So if you want to get online with us, 865-200-5402. I want to thank our guests this hour for joining. We'll get back into the phone calls. Mo Hanks, thank you. Adam Sparks, thank you. Brian Hartman on the wheels to steal today. Thank you. Bino Jeff Henderson, thank you. In the meantime, we celebrate each other for a few more minutes. We'll get some calls in. Robert, you'll lead things off. To the rest of us, enjoy the rest of your great Monday. And God willing, tomorrow we turn right around and do it all over again and again. Peace. Enjoy the day. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.